0: It is party time. Monday morning. Oh, wow. Wipe that weekend off your face. Let's get right into it. Uh, of course, Kayla at Super Chris Cruz at the helm of the Mothership Studio 22, driving us into the nether regions of all things insanity. I've got a question for you on this morning of Monday. What did common sense do so wrong? Why has the left abandoned it completely? The left has is, is gone so far left that even Bill Maher is starting to sound reasonable. This is a crazy world we're living in. I mean, he held on as long as he could, but something about being told men could get pregnant now, I guess, broke him. Just when you think the left couldn't possibly get less masculine... Uh, they not only take sports from women, they steal childbirth from ladies as, as well. Speaking of man's death by feminization, Blaze host Jason Whitlock has gone on the offensive against the Disney Corporation, speaking on their continued campaign to Disneyfy ESPN, feminizing and woke the sports world. Anyone who's trying to feminize the sports world has never sat through a WNBA game. Why do we have that? I don't know. Why do we even have it? So, either we're feminizing men or masculinizing women into one big homogenized gender unrevealed party. Either way, speaking facts about Disney is a great way to get muzzled by the mouse and don't forget to spay or neuter yourselves, since that's what the world's going to do to you anyway. Disney appears to be on a mission to spread the LGBTQ sexual lifestyle to young kids, and hordes of American parents are understandably not okay with that. I mean, kids should be allowed to just be kids, and adults should not be forcing weird gender questions and sexuality on them, and certainly a place like Disney shouldn't be engaging in that, but they are, and as a result, American families are turning on Disney and even boycotting them. The Washington Examiner reported that nearly 7 in 10 Americans Upset with Disney's embrace of the LGBTQ movement no longer want to do business with Mickey Mouse and instead will seek out family-friendly alternatives. The latest data said that 68.2% of voters are now less likely to do business with Disney. Of those, 57.2% are much less likely to buy from the entertainment giant known for its kid-friendly parks and movies. What's more... 69 percent, let's round it up to 70, said that they are likely to support family-friendly alternatives to Disney. Everyone left over in that poll also approves of Joe Biden. Now, Disney has already gotten users kicked off of Twitter for calling Disney groomers, like it's a stretch that a big-ass mousetrap theme park designed to entice kids to come like moths to a bug zapper might have ulterior motives. It's literally a pedophile paradise with mouse ears. It's long past time for them to thaw out Walt Disney's head because he never would have stood for that stuff anyway. He was a weird dude, but maybe not that. This is where the left really miscalculated. You never mess with parents. It won't end well for you. It never has. It never will. In this country, the vast majority of Americans are still decent, respectable, hardworking people who have moral values that eschew their kids being taught perverse things in the classroom or even the theme park. Disney's finding out that politically and sexually grooming other people's children is not a good marketing move, and it will bring down their empire and make the Magic Kingdom the most depressing place on Earth if they don't knock this crap off. Now, ironically, over the weekend, I had to attend a gender reveal party. That was the first one I've ever done. Uh, So much bigotry there. I mean, how dare we reveal an unborn child's gender in a guessing game since we obviously can't tell the difference between a hot dog or a cheeseburger these days. But it got me wondering, if you bet on a kid's gender and take a gift to a gender reveal party, and that kid changes it later, should you get a refund? Now, in another story of things may not always be what they seem. Our favorite, hey, look, we started an organization that breaks all the laws and blames cops for enforcing them. BLM co-founder and avowed Marxist Patrice Cullors was quoted in an article calling financial disclosure forms for the organization, quote, aggressive and triggering, and said that being forced to comply made her feel unsafe. Okay, You'll remember Patrice kind of got caught up in buying multimillion dollar homes in California and folks wouldn't, you know, mind getting a little financial disclosure in regards to things like that. With all this racism and inequality going on in America, I'm surprised she could even get past the homeowners association. I mean, she bought her home in the exclusive California Topanga Canyon, which is a galaxy far, far away from burning and looting. California wildfires notwithstanding Uh, a place that's quite literally whiter than Vermont. I guess it was a place that felt safe from the violent threats of real streets and guns and homelessness and joblessness, fatherlessness. Oh, and financial disclosures. That's right. Burning down cities. Totally comfortable with that. Financial disclosures. Aggressively unsafe. Racism is always the first thing that comes to my mind when I pay taxes. Uh, It's tax day. Uh, But hey, if accountability doesn't seem safe, maybe don't leave 60 million bucks unaccounted for. And uh, people wouldn't be quite so mad at you or even wonder what you're doing with it. It would appear that maybe the only life that matters is your own, Patrice. At this point, it's almost as if BLM stands for bitch-looting money. Hey, what can I say? Sometimes even socialists love a little capitalism. Speaking of big money, Elon Musk is trying to buy Twitter for $43 billion. Look, I want Donald Trump back on Twitter as bad as anybody, but that's an awful lot of money, Elon in a Biden economy you could buy at least 3 gallons of gas with that. Hell, gas prices have gotten so high that even COVID has stopped traveling. Elon's offered to buy CNN Plus for 17 bucks. Welcome to the program, my friend Tim Barton from Wall Builders. Good to see you, buddy. How was your Easter? It was good, Chad. Yeah, yeah, man, it's a pleasure to see you. We're going to talk about free speech today and get deep into it, specifically when it comes to this Elon Musk thing. Uh I you know, I just feel like Easter Easter sometimes it gets wild and crazy and kind of lost in the shuffle with all the people coming and going and stuff but did you guys did y'all have a good meaningful easter <laughs> at least we, I, we tried to we did so actually my, my wife
1: uh had me do some some craft projects where actually yeah. we got plywood and she drew out uh like this tomb and jesus and angel so then I had to get the jigsaw out and do some yeah. cutting and sanding but Sunday morning we got to get our kids sat down and try to explain to them what Easter was really about and celebrating the resurrection of Jesus and so there were definitely some meaningful conversations in the midst of then lots of candy and eggs and bunnies that don't
0: really have to do with Jesus but are still (laughs) part of the the celebration we so funny story we took off um I, I I tend to go I when I go to church I go to the cowboy church uh and i go to um the one down in montgomery county montgomery texas and i usually sneak in the back people hardly even know i'm there I just slip in when the music starts and bam i'm there i love it great pastor there and um yesterday we knew it was going to be crowded they were having multiple services and had some friends we, we met for uh breakfast and he was like we haven't been going to church but we're starting today we're going to get back into church starting today. He goes, we kind of took some time off. COVID's over. We're going back. And uh, he was like, raise the banner. We're, we're headed back. And um, the traffic was like three miles out <laughs> trying to get to the church. <laughs> and I saw him. He comes driving back past me while we're stopped in traffic. He had done a U-turn. He's like, not going to make it today. (laughs) Too much traffic. I was like, there it is. The Lord suffered and died, rose from the dead, conquered the grave, uh, sent out his Christian missionaries, his apostles to the ends of the earth to suffer unknown horrors and martyrdom for the Christian gospel, upended civilization as we know it with a message and being persecuted and dying. And you raised the Christian banner. you, 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 onward Christian soldiers! You could handle a little traffic in an air-conditioned vehicle for like five minutes. <laughs> exactly <laughs> to to come in late, like right. you, you couldn't come in. I mean, they were gonna sing that one song. You know, I call them Seven Eleven songs, where you sing seven words eleven times. <laughs> you were gonna come in on like the fourth stanza of the same line. So you, just because you were late, but he was like, "No, I'm not gonna make it today." I Thought that was kind of funny, uh, but anyway, he'll get back at it. Uh, free speech—it's under attack. Mm-hmm. We know that in America. Um, and Elon Musk gave an interesting interview that I don't know that any of anybody else on the Blaze is really talking about. Um, it was about an hour long interview, mm-hmm. wasn't it? And he was discussing. Now, again, I still go back to Elon Musk. I'm, I'm not holding him up as some kind of paragon or a hero or some conservative. I still think he's got globalist leanings. I think Absolutely. there's a lot of things that are going on mm-hmm. there that are suspect. But this is kind of fun, you know. Ever since the woke got a hold of sports, at least this is a tennis match we can watch. Right. This is a back and forth we can handle. Um, But we're going to play some clips from that. I want Tim to chime in on it. And let's let's get into the depths of what this whole free speech thing is about so we can discuss it adequately. And I think, you know, intelligently play that first clip, Chris. You've described yourself, Elon, as a free speech absolutist.
2: But does that mean that there's literally nothing that people can't say and it's okay? Well, I, I, I think
3: uh, obviously uh, Twitter or any forum is bound by the laws of the country that it operates in. Um, so, to, obviously, there there are some limitations on free speech uh, in, in the U.S. and, and of course
2: uh, Twitter would have to abide by those uh, right. rules. So, so, so you can't incite people to violence, like that. Yeah. The, 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 like a, di- a direct incitement to violence. You know, you can't do the equivalent of crying fire in a in a movie theater, for
1: example. No, that would be a crime. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I pretty, it should be a crime. What do you think? <clears throat> so I, I think the notion of free speech absolutists in general um, is a bad idea from an absolutist standpoint. Um, and really, you know, one of the things, is, and probably we're going to come to this clip later because I watched the, the whole hour. Yeah. Uh, and... He definitely said some things that I think are very much on point to a statement you said earlier where, where we're not holding him up as, you know, this paragon of, you know, now this new George Washington in America. No, <laughs> when, when you look at a guy like Bill Maher, who is saying things that are fundamentally true, most of what Bill Maher says is not good. It's not accurate. Right. We wouldn't agree with it. But every now and then he has his nugget, right? This, this <laughs> blind dog finding a bone every now and then. And you're like, right. yes, you're absolutely right on that issue where Elon Musk does get into free speech. And... He does say a couple of things and you're like, man, you're exactly on the money. And when a guy with that level of notoriety, but that level of Twitter following says something, um, you know, when he came out and, and tweeted about ESG being of the devil, right? When 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 someone of that stature says something that is fundamentally true and worth noting, it's very beneficial for the cause of people who are promoting free speech. So in the midst of cancel culture, for someone to then suggest that that free speech is a good idea, Absolutely. Yeah. This is a very positive thing that he's suggesting. Now, again, I think there's probably more clips we're coming to, so I don't want to yeah. reveal too much of what he's going to say yeah. in a minute, but he certainly is going to get to a place where he's making very valid points. I would be very concerned with some of his underlying premise, because even if you go back to the Constitution, the Founding Fathers, they were not free speech absolutists. Right Now, that they weren't cancel culture people, but like George Washington, we this is actually – a a document from Abraham Lincoln. It's a general order he issued as president. And in this general order was to the military. And part of the order to the military was there could be no profanity in the military. Mm. Well, this was a reissuing of George Washington's order from back in, uh, the first one was July 4th, 1775. And actually Washington issued this order many times, uh, August uh, 3rd, 1776. But the order encouraged everybody to go to church and said there'll be no profanity, no swearing, no drunkenness. But in the midst of that, well, you're telling the military you can't curse. Yeah. Right? I have two brothers in the military. We obviously have a lot of friends collectively, we can identify in the military, like Cursing is just like saying good morning in the military, right? right? Like that's just standard. That's par for the course. But George Washington said, we can't, we can't afford to do anything that offends God because if we offend God, then God might not be on our side or that God might ostracize us on some level. So we can't afford to offend God and drive God away from what we consider to be a holy cause. But with that being said, they actually censored some level of speech. What they did not do was censor ideas. They said we should be able to have a free marketplace of ideas and and challenge whatever idea whatever philosophy see when the king at the time of the founding fathers when the king said that nobody can say anything that challenges me or my positions. And they're like, but you're wrong. Yeah. You should be able to challenge ideas or philosophies or the leaders decisions who are in power of the time. You, you can challenge ideas, but we would even agree like there's certain words you shouldn't use. Right. The, the notion that uh, Ron DeSantis signed this parental rights law in Florida where kindergarten through third grade, we're not going to be over sexualizing them and write yeah. these gender ideology, whatever else. Well, what about the free speech of teachers to do that? Though we totally support there should be some limits on the words and the conversations we have, but, but we could discuss that idea openly. Mm. We could say, is it a good idea to sexualize five and six year olds? We can discuss that idea. And the answer should be obvious that no, this is a terrible idea. You should not be sexualizing five and six year olds, but you don't cancel the discussion of the idea, but there is some words or or some discussions that we do think should be filtered
0: along the way and that's a position of the founding fathers and i would still largely agree with that how much of that do you think we're gonna go to a break here in about 30 seconds but how, how much of that um is is the founding fathers trusting in the average american citizen to just have some common sense well, and, and by common sense, we would point out that for them, they grew up where the Bible was the
1: number one textbook everybody learned from, <laughs> so everybody had the same moral sense of right and wrong, Yeah, right? We all learned the rights and wrongs of the Ten Commandments, that you treat other people the way you want to be treated, so when you have a similar moral foundation, you can trust people's right. common
0: sense. That's the problem, isn't it? We got more to get into on that. Uh, before, let's talk about another touchy subject, losing your hair. Yeah, that's touchy. <laughs> Keeps offers doctor-recommended clinically proven research-backed treatments to stop hair loss and improve hair growth. Keeps physicians are going to help you select the right products and treatments for your specific condition. And hair goals, all Keeps treatment plans are delivered straight to your door at about half the cost of a traditional pharmacy uh, drug. Your plan is going to come with a full year of unlimited messaging so you can connect with your doctor about anything, just about any time. With Keeps, you're going to get quality expert care without visiting the doctor's office or pharmacy, so it's convenient Whether you're looking to prevent hair loss, stimulate hair growth, or just take better care of the hair you have, Keeps has you covered. Hair loss stops with Keeps, so get 50% off your first order. That's 50% off when you go to keeps.com slash loss. That's K-E-E-P-S dot com slash loss. Don't move. We'll be right back. <laughs> All right, hey, listen, guys. I want to remind you before I forget about it. Next Friday night on April 29th. I think that's a Friday night. We're going to be at Dosi Do in the Woodlands. That is north of Houston, about forty five minutes there. I right don't I forty five Dosi Does. You know it. It's a great music venue listening room they serve dinner they do the whole thing so go to watchchad.com that's where all the fun stuff is and we've been giving stuff away like our, our we our t-shirt business stuff like that we gave somebody a tv last week which is great actually tonight i'm i'm presenting the tv am presenting the tv they don't know i'm coming to their house so anyway we're giving away some awesome. stuff. but anyway we've got a lot of fun stuff uh, and uh, anyway, we'll we'll promote some more stuff later on. All right, let's jump into the hate speech part. What uh, Elon said about that. Go to that clip,
2: Please. Um, there's hate speech, which some forms of hate speech are fine. You know, I hate spinach. Um, y- y- I mean, if it's a uh, sauteed in a you know, cream sauce, it can be quite nice. <laughs> But the the problem is, so so, so, so let's say someone says, "Okay, here's one tweet, I hate Politician X. Next tweet is, I wish Politician X wasn't alive, as some of us have said about Putin right now, for example. So that's legitimate speech. Another tweet is, I wish Politician X wasn't alive, with a picture of their head with a gun sight over it, or that plus their address. I mean, at some point. Someone has to make a decision as to which of those is not OK. Can an algorithm do that? Or surely you need human judgment at some point?
3: No, I think, the, like I said, we're, we're, in, in my view, uh, Twitter should um, match the laws of the, of the country. Of, and, and, and really, you know, that, that there's an obligation to, to do that.
0: that again, we're kind of back to the common sense thing. Mm. But, again, you know, somebody said to me the other day, they said, oh, you guys, you say you want free speech. What you want is a ban on civility. And I'm thinking, if you think that the left is civil, <laughs> right? please get in my inbox one day and just spend a few hours reading the messages that come to me every oh, yeah. single day. Yeah. So, so, I mean, how far off the mark is it? Or I mean, I should say, you know, how far off the mark is that type of thinking? Yeah, so to your
1: initial point, I've never gotten a death threat mm-hmm. from a conservative Christian. Right. Right? right. Like, th- this this notion that it's only those that are right of center that are vile or can be racist or hateful, like, it's <laughs> just, it's absurd on its face, which, of course, we know they're not trying to be accurate, right? Yeah. They're, they're promoting an agenda. They're trying to label people a certain way. But this idea uh, of even hate speech, what's interesting from the Founding Fathers' perspective— is if you go back to the notion from the declaration, they believe there was an inalienable rights, right? There was a creator, he gave us rights. And then government's primary job was to protect those God-given rights. The founding fathers were pretty clear that for every right, there was a corresponding responsibility, Yeah. right? So, so you have the right of self-defense and self-preservation. You have a responsibility not to arbitrarily go around shooting people with your muskets, yeah. right? Like there was a a responsibility for every right you had. You, you have the right to freedom of speech, you have a responsibility to be truthful, which is why there were laws in place against whether it was libel or slander. And the idea was you can do things in your life, but you will be accountable for what you do. And so if you're going to do something that might violate, and, and again, that's why there were laws in place, but even that might be offensive to somebody, right? Like back in the day when you could still punch people in the face and like, that was kind of a, cultural custom accepted norm on some level, right? Or maybe depending on the culture you lived in, you pick out your gloves and you slap somebody in the face. Yeah. Like you could be accountable on some level. You're challenged to a duel for saying something that could have been offensive or libelous or slander or whatever you're writing, whatever the case might be. So they believe that you were responsible for what you did, but you had the freedom to say things. Yeah, Right. The constitution talks about even the, the notion of, of uh, sedition or treason. Like, like you could say we should kill the president, we should overthrow and do... Now, you can say that if you get caught promoting those ideas, there could be a legal case where if you're legally or if you were intentionally trying to bring the overthrow of a government with the assassination of the president, there's going to be some legal ramifications. So so you don't... this notion of, of free speech or free speech absolutist, it doesn't it doesn't remove any level of responsibility from people. Well, you should be able to say whatever you want and not worry about the consequences. Well, that just doesn't make sense on any level whatsoever. Yeah. Right? That there's always consequences for the behavior for the decisions. However, should you be free to say things on some level, you should. Yeah. But we also should be very clear that there are consequences for
0: certain decisions and behavior. Yeah, I've told people in the past, just because you have the right to do something doesn't make you right in doing it. Right. Always, So, I, like, I'm going back to court Thursday with Facebook. The, we're still in this legal thing. We've already won against them. Now, they, they don't like the fact that we won. So, And this is not a free speech issue. This was a whole other issue that altogether because they're not a government entity, and I right. get that. <clears throat> but, um, you know, I, I got put in Facebook jail seven days or eight days before an election day for a seven-day ban for, for saying telling somebody to get a life. Somebody who was coming at me, saying things to me. I mean, today when I posted about my daughter being in New York City at Radio City Music Hall doing her audition, I said she's there now. I went back in actually after I posted that and got rid of the right now on the thing because i know the threats that have come towards me and towards my family in the past and i'm like why would i even tell somebody that where my the location of my daughter at this moment right so you know but you're proud you want to be able to treat social media like everybody else does and then you realize well you can't because i know the stuff that's come my way but we're you know we're back in there in with with facebook joe for just telling somebody to get a life i mean we're not talking about this is when censorship gets stupid over things. I mean, I've had people say, yeah, I'm in a three-day ban for calling somebody a silly goose, right? Uh, It it gets really dumb on that. Play the annoying speech one. At some point right now, what
2: the algorithm would do is it would look at, for example, how many people have flagged a tweet as obnoxious. Um, And then at some point, a human has to look at it and make, make a decision as to, does this cross the line or not? That the algorithm itself can't, I don't think yet, um, tell the difference between legal and okay and, and, and definitely obnoxious. And so the, the question is, which humans you know, make, make that call? I mean, do you have, do you have a picture of, of that? Right now, Twitter and Facebook and others, you know, they've hired thousands of people to try to help make wise decisions. And the trouble is that no one can agree on, on what is wise.
0: Mm. That's something to be said about that right there. It goes back to our yeah. common sense thing. I want to play that one more clip, and then I'm going to turn Tim loose for a minute. Play the, uh, play the free speech part, what Elon says. We wanted to really uh, have, like I said, the perception and reality
3: that speech is as free as reasonably possible. And a good sign as to whether there is free speech is, uh, is, is someone you don't like allowed to say something you don't like. And if that is the case, then we have free speech, and it's it's damn annoying when someone you don't like says something you don't like. That is a sign of a healthy, functioning uh, free speech situation.
0: So he calls that healthy. that's a reasonably viral clip at this point. Mm-hmm. You know, They've played that over and over mm-hmm. again. Is that healthy? I, I think absolutely it's healthy. Uh,
1: it, it goes back to the idea that you should be able to challenge ideas, and yeah. certainly wrong ideas, right? If we started saying today that socialism is a very destructive, failed economic system, and Twitter's like, take that down, right? Facebook, YouTube, take that down because they're now pro-socialist, we're, we're discussing ideas, yeah. right? Like, th- this isn't, this is not an ad hominem attack where I said you're stupid, fat, and ugly, right? <laughs> Even though it could have been accurate who I was talking to, like, yeah. no, this, this is literally a discussion of ideas, and this is where I brought over some artifacts that are really fun in this discussion. So this is a a 1612 King James Bible. The mm-hmm. King James Bible was printed in 1611. This is a second year printing of the King James Bible, which is, it really is an, an amazing artifact. Also, the way the Bible was done, there's a lot of cool stuff in it. The reason the King James Bible came about, King James, as king of the time, this was after the, the Reformation has already started unfolding in Europe. And the Reformation is when there were leaders, there were priests and monks, Catholic priests and monks in the church who were looking at some of what was happening under some of these kings over in Europe where kings were changing doctrines and theologies based on kind of their whims or their preferences and what happened is those early philosophers uh, reformers monks priests started saying that's not what the Bible actually teaches this this Is a 1590 Geneva Bible. Uh, This Geneva Bible, there was like 140 something, 150 or 60 printings it went through because it was so popular. But in the Geneva Bible, it was filled with commentaries in the side margin. And the commentaries were all things showing the application of Scripture to the day, but also pointing out in many places where the kings were wrong in what they were saying. And, And King James specifically banned the printing of the English Bible or the Bible in English language in England banned the Geneva Bible because it said mean things about him or what he did right. was wrong. And this is when King James said, Well, I will give you what you're allowed to have. And it's the King James Bible, which removed all those commentaries. There was in uh, some additional support material that came out and reminded people, Hey, remember, kings were God's ideas. But literally, you had government officials who were banning books that said things they did not like that were against them, even when you come to the pilgrims coming to America these two books uh the first one is this bigger one is from 1618
0: that book actually from 1618 from 1618 that book's been around a minute
1: it's 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 been around a minute and in the front of this book it actually has the stamp william brewster was one of the leaders of the pilgrims and what's significant is it it's known as the brewster bear it's a bear down here on the bottom yeah and what's significant about it is it used to... The early printings had Brewster's name with it because uh, he was a, a printer, and this is what he published. Well, this was a book dealing specifically... Uh, it was commentary on the New Testament, but the commentary showed how the church had been distorting a lot of what the New Testament actually taught and showing where a lot of what the kings were doing was wrong. Yeah. Well, this one doesn't have Brewster's name on it. It just has the, the logo, the bear, of his printing company. The reason that he removed his name was because... As he's printing things that go against the kings, there were kings, specifically, they had family in England, and the king said, who's who is writing this stuff that's against us? Because the King James Bible came out in 1611. That's 1618. Yeah. So this is after the king's already banned Bibles. <laughs> he's already right, banned books. And now they're doing commentary, saying, again, what he's doing is wrong. And so at this point, Brewster said, you know, I'm a little nervous for my friends, my family. I don't want my name on
0: this because he might cancel me in the way Kings canceled more of those but let me edit let me edit this facebook post Because I never know when the king's going to come after me.
1: Well, it gets even more interesting because then, this is 1619, and the Perth Assembly, this is one, specifically there were five doctrines in the Church of England that they said those are not biblical doctrines. This one was also printed by William Brewster. He didn't even put the bear on this one. And actually, the king sent agents into Holland where they were to find who had printed these pieces. And so at this point, they're literally looking for him to get rid of him. And this is along the lines when the Pilgrims realized, you know, things aren't quite as comfortable even in Hovland as we had hoped yeah. they might be. This is when they're really looking to redirect to America. But but this is when you see it's it's not just that that free speech is telling you you can't say certain words right like we would agree like elementary school teachers there's certain words right there's certain like profanity sexuality there's certain words you probably shouldn't use in front of small children right it's not that we're against necessarily censoring on some level what words we use where We're, we're kind of in favor of that most americans should agree with that idea what we are totally against is the censoring of ideas where we're saying we can't even discuss. Well, this is what the church was doing in England, this, this Perth Assembly. The five things they were doing that was very clear to the pilgrims and their congregation that this is totally wrong. When you're saying we can't even discuss an idea if it is valid or right or wrong. This philosophy, this government notion, it, it, covid Right. This vaccine. We can't even have an honest conversation about is the vaccine healthy or not. Like I've had covid twice. I had two variants of and there's people still saying we need a vaccine. Like we can't have an honest conversation about this because it seems like once you've had something, you have the antibodies build up but when you're saying we can't even discuss the ideas this is where you have a free speech problem and this is actually the birth of America was going back and it was really founded on the principles of Christianity but it was because the, the Christianity they were trying to practice it was being canceled those ideas were being canceled wow. so when they came to America their notion of free speech was that you should freely be able to discuss your conscience and your convictions the ideas and philosophies that you live your life by or don't want to live your life by we don't cancel ideas we just discuss ideas we discuss philosophy so it's not about can you say profanity or not that's what that's not what free speech is about free speech was about the discussion of
0: ideas yeah heavy stuff times never change do they history just kind of keeps repeating itself all right, we're going to take a break. But before that, uh, Men's Below the Waist Grooming. Yeah, we're going to talk about that. Let's talk about that. We already talked about keeping your hair on your head. Let's talk about it. Well, anyway, if you haven't heard about it yet, Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Yep, that rhymes. They recently launched the Ultimate Men's Hygiene Bundle, the performance package, and you can join over 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer. You'll get 20% off and free worldwide shipping with my – code prather that's my last name at manscape.com this performance package has it all you get the lawnmower 4.0 trimmer the weed whacker ear and nose hair trimmer crop preserver deodorant for the air down there crop Reviver toner, performance boxer briefs, and a travel bag to hold all your goodies. Manscaped has revolutionized the field of self-care for men. Their fourth-generation trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade with reduce, that will reduce grooming accidents. It's all part of their advanced skin-safe technology, and it's waterproof and includes a 400K LED spotlight in case you need to get a little more precise with the shaving. Hey, get 20% off and free shipping with code prayther at manscaped.com. Dot com That's got a D on the end of it, manscaped.com. That's 20% off free shipping at manscaped.com. Use promo code Prather. Unlock your confidence. Always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Be right back. All right, welcome back, everybody. Folks, let me ask you a question. Do you know how to make an obnoxious, spoiled child think that their world is coming to an end? Just do something they don't like. It doesn't have to be anything elaborate. Just find a way to pee in their Cheerios a tiny bit, and they'll be convinced that you practically kill them. I've seen it happen. Such it is when the left comes to this whole Elon Musk trying to buy Twitter thing. And I have to admit, sitting on the sidelines and munching on the popcorn from the cheap seats I think it's pretty daggum funny. I mean, at this point, journalists uh, journalists are jetpacking their way across the dorsal fin of any shark they can find in an effort to adequately convey their displeasure, nay, horror at the prospect that yet another billionaire might end up owning yet another social media tech company. And contractually obligated as they are to invoke Godwin's Law in a fit of unimaginative pique, they, they've even begun thinking of our billionaire homeboy with an extra chromie, uh, that you know the chrome boy with the home boy, the homie with a chromie that's what we'll call him as the second coming of Adolf Hitler He's not. Come on. Eh. And here's a fun little operating theory for you about that the level of pants-crapping scared the left is at large is directly proportional to how quickly they trot out the Hitler reference. On the off chance that some of you have been in a coma the past few weeks, here's the basic situation as we've been discussing. Elon Musk bought an enormous share of Twitter stock a couple of weeks ago and it served to set the stage for him offering to buy the company outright, offering them way more than Twitter is actually worth. Cue the scene from Airplane where pandemonium has Set in and people are beating the crap out of each other and a flight attendant is running attendant is running topless through the body of the plane. Sounds like a party to me. But what is it that the left is so afraid of? Well, let me put it in the words of Washington Post columnist Max Boot, who writes, I am frightened by the impact on society and politics if Elon Musk acquires Twitter. He seems to believe that on social media anything goes for democracy to survive. We need more moderation, not less. More moderation, not less. I think uh, perhaps Mr. Boot keeps using that word democracy without knowing what it really means. Others have opined that if Musk is allowed to buy Twitter, he's going to start World War III. Okay. One presumes that that stems from the fact that he would probably unban people like Donald Trump. But hey, by the time Elon Musk gets around to it, he might have to start World War Four. We don't know. Putin might have taken care of three by then. It just goes to show you that even the richest man in the world can still be cursed with the thorn of leftism in his side. And meanwhile, as if the left throwing a temper tantrum wasn't enough, Saudi prince al- Al-Walid bin Talal al Saud, a big investor in Twitter whose name sounds like someone threw a bunch of Scrabble tiles at a wall, has been one of the biggest names rejecting the potential sale. He's claimed that Musk's offer of $43 billion was too small given the company's, company's future growth prospects. One has to wonder if what he's really concerned about is that the right people to be banned from the social platform, uh, i.e. human rights violating murderous pieces of shit, might finally be the ones who actually get dinged. But who knows what he's really thinking about under the picnic blanket. So in the final analysis, let me just say this. Elon, if you're listening, I know you are. Here's what you need to do. On the extreme off chance, they let you buy Twitter. The very first thing you do when you own it, flip the off switch. Just shut it down. Maybe just for a day or two. Maybe for good. I don't know. The longer it's down, probably the the better it'll be for the human psyche. We'll lose a few people. No doubt the weaklings will be jumping off bridges five minutes after they can't access their Twitter. But hey, in the long run, it will be worth it. Do you like Twitter? No. I hate it. No. I despise it. it I do it because of the necessity of doing yep. it kind of goes with the job and i I think social
1: media in general right that the the fact that a a lot of people now have a voice there's a double-edged sword right that it gives it gives the average american a voice which is awesome the problem is it gave a lot of average americans a voice (laughs) which is awful right Right. and so it's it's allowed it's allowed a lot of emotionally in incredibly intelligent ignorant yeah collective to to come together and have a voice and so what we're seeing from this woke culture right most of this woke culture are genuine idiots yeah right now god loves them that's fine i don't (laughs) like them very much right they are genuine idiots and they have a voice and they're able to rally together on some level and you know it's crazy that when you look at a guy like elon musk who was the darling of the left Because, like, the reason the dude started so much of the technology stuff he's done is because he has a legit belief in global warming on catastrophic levels, right? He's the doomsdayer, and the left is like, he's our hero because he finally gets it. Like, the same left is buying all their mansions on beachfront property, right? Like, just the hypocritical idiots. Nonetheless, as soon as he says something that's out of step with their woke perspective, that's why they're against him. If he would have said, I totally support the ban of Donald Trump, I don't know that they would have been upset with him wanting to buy Probably Twitter not. at all.
0: They'd have been happy that he was willing to take Absolutely.
1: it over. Absolutely. Social media has allowed people to try to sway the conversation on a collective level that is impacting the direction of the nation in very damaging ways, but in very woke ways. Yeah. So it's made the, the emotionally, uh, I'm trying to think of the, the most accurate and Maybe pull. I don't have to be pulled on your show. You I don't, don't have I'm to. About no, your mother's right? already
0: said to keep you under control. I said I don't think I don't think there's any problem with Tim getting out of control on my show. Your mom cares. She's watching. <laughs> she, she does for for my mom's <laughs> sake, right? I'm going to balance this out.
1: But right, I mean, these emotionally stunted people who aren't aren't where they need to be emotionally, mentally, physically, spiritually, whatever else. Yeah, they're the ones swaying the conversation instead of the grownups in the room. Mm-hmm. Right. We we don't let the toddlers drive the car for lots of reasons the toddlers need a spanking they need to be put back in their car seat buckled up tell them to shut up and we're going where we're going and you can go two ways with a sore butt or with a happy face
0: yeah but either way we're going yeah that you get in the car we're leaving (laughs) we're going to church yeah get in the car i got on i got on facebook i mean i had my space i guess but I, i was on um i got on facebook i think it was around 2007 just to see what it was all about. And, I, and it fascinated me because, to me, it was one big sociological experiment. Yes, very much. And in my book, Am I Crazy?, I write about how it gave people, as you alluded to, a false sense of authority and a false sense of celebrity. Yeah. So you can get on there and you can pretend to be something. You know, my attorney, after I went viral the first time years ago, my, my attorney said, uh, you're the first person I know that got famous by pretending to be famous. <laughs> so I said, that was the experiment. That was the social media experiment. And look at me now, Mom, right here on the Glenn Beck Network. <laughs> <laughs> Hang tight. We're not done. We'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Tim Barton is our guest. Uh, wallbuilders.com. I've been talking forever about these two books, I want you to go get them. Um, I, I alluded to them again. Well, I alluded to them. I alluded to them all the time. Catechism of the Const- on the Constitution and the American Story. Try to get the glare off of that thing. That's Book One, uh, the Beginnings. Uh, go get them at WallBuilders.com. Let's wrap this thing up, Tim. What's the solution here? Do we have one? Should Elon buy Twitter? Should he get it? Is that a good thing? Is it a bad thing? What do you think? I, I think certainly the idea of allowing
1: the free exchange of ideas, the debate of philosophies to come back is a is a good thing. It's a healthy thing. If you don't have one of the things that that. We learn uh, reality in life. Uh, part of due process, you could hear both sides of the story. But even the notion of due process was derived from principles from the Bible. In Proverbs eighteen seventeen, it says that one side sounds good mm. until the other side comes along and gets to cross examine them. There's a reason that there's due process that you get to hear both sides of the story. And when you have a a technology, and we know this too. Be true from the 2020 elections uh, when Big Tech was censoring what stories you could find and not find. When yeah. when you have a side who's saying you can only hear part of the conversation, right? you only get to hear this side of the argument and not both sides of the argument, y- you are effectively telling the American people that you have to be on one side without letting them hear all the information first. So we definitely need to get back to where there's a free exchange of ideas and this doesn't mean that there's not a level of accountability for people that are saying things that are illegal or whatever the case might be. But certainly we need to be able to have a debate, a healthy discussion of ideas, of philosophies, of regimes or government or leaders. The free exchange of ideas is what our nation needs to restore.
0: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um, that's one of the reasons why I do believe you've got to support organizations like Wall Builders that make sure that the history and heritage of our country and just fun history, things you ought to know, right? Things that we have never known, things that, you know, that's, I appreciate what Glenn does. I give Glenn a hard time. He doesn't know it, but I do. I give Glenn a hard time, and, and I love what he does in the preservation of artifacts, what you and your dad, David Barton, do uh, in the preservation of artifacts, telling the stories. And uh, I'm coming. I'm planning on coming. It's on my calendar to come to the next time you I guys do the do the tour and the seminars that go through the, uh, the museum next door. I've been telling Chris, Fred's like, just tell me the next time I'm showing up. I'm using Good. privilege. come on. I'm using privilege. I'm coming. <laughs> which, which privilege i don't know the white or the male or I, the Christian I don't know. or the, i don't know just a the, just the being here privilege You're like so privileged. i have a gate thing that gets me in the door i have the little security thing that helps me get inside i'm gonna use that privilege doesn't help me get in that building but i don't know i'll claim anything so i appreciate what you guys are doing and uh and it's always um it's always good to have you on the show because there's so many things that we just don't mm-hmm. know right we just don't know and i'm sitting here with books that are 500 years old uh i mean that in and of itself is is to a guy like me it's not only daunting and impressive but it's humbling yeah right there's so much you know i i do this teaching about the cathedral of milan you know it took 500 years to build that cathedral the men who started it knew they weren't going to finish it yeah the people who worked on it in the middle knew they weren't going to yeah. finish it the people who completed it they didn't see it from the beginning that's human history that's the kingdom of god right we're all putting our bricks in the wall right yeah. we and we don't necessarily see the end result of what's coming but we got to be faithful to continue the plans that were started and founded by those who came before us and being around books like that and being able to tell that story of history so thank you for doing what you're doing thank you and support them wallbuilders.com make sure that you're supporting following buying the books reading everything you can get your hands on we're not quite done hang tight couple of announcements and we'll be right back WatchChad.com. That's where all the fun stuff is, and of course, get some news you can use and also laugh at it. ChadPrather.com. That's our daily blog post. We're constantly putting content up there as well. WallBuilders.com is where you're going to find Tim Barton. So go over there and check him out. As I said, get everything you can, get your hands on it, read it, devour it, own it, own that material. It's good stuff. And uh, I'm like I said, I'm going to be in the Woodlands, Texas, April 29th. That's next weekend. We're going to be at Dosey Doe. Do not miss us. I'm bringing the Ragamuffins with me. We're going to have a fun. Good time once again. Uh, go to chadonblaze.com and sign up. Use promo code Overtime. No, no, more Chad to get a discount on your overtime. I'm getting it straight. It's Monday, Chris. Today's the last day for, that promo code. The, last day for the promo code? Yep. All right. I saw the numbers for the last quarter. We're a long way from 100,000 subscribers. I need you to get your butts in gear, okay? Go to chadonblaze.com. Use promo code MORECHAD. We will talk to you tomorrow, Tuesday. Love you. God bless you. Talk to you then. Bye.